0: Well, good morning, how are you, all right? Isn't it a wonderful day, first day of the Advent season, it's absolutely wonderful, and I'm really pleased to be here and to speak with you. Um, I've got a bit of a problem now, I'm under pressure, yeah, and I want you to feel sorry for me. I came in here this morning and I was greeted, not by Chris, it's wonderful to see you, it was, don't talk for very long today, will you? Um, and I began to realize it was because the football's on at 2 o'clock. Are you going, by the way? Uh, I might be. You might be, I thought as much, yeah. I realized these people were primed, and I knew it came from somewhere. Um, and we've had a very busy service. So I'm not going to speak for very long, but I have got something I would like to share with you. It was interesting. I, I did ask for Mark if we could sing that particular song this morning. And I heard one or two people going, "ooh" oh, oh, as I chose it. And I bet they thought he's a misery, isn't he? The bleak midwinter. What's this going to be like this morning? Well, actually, I'm not a misery. I'm feeling so good about Christmas. I really am. I'm so excited. But the fact of the matter is, every Christmas, every Advent, this song just sweeps into my mind. And every time I feel more and more overwhelmed by it. And it comes from a point of a few years ago, and I've been a Christian since 1980, but my Christian life has been up and down, up and down. And a few years back, it was a Christmas time, and I heard this song, and the last verse, what can I give him? Give him my heart. touched me in a way that I've never been touched before. Totally transformed my Christian life. Totally transformed it. After all those years. So it means a lot to me. But it's something I think is so important that when people today, in this Christmas period, are so wrapped up—wrapped up being the operative word—in presents and what we can give, and yet all Jesus asks from us is to give us, oh, give him our hearts. It's just an amazing hymn. But I haven't come here to talk about the hymn. Yeah, I think the score today might be. No, I haven't come to talk about that either. What I've come to talk about is how are you feeling about Christmas this year? How are you feeling about this wonderful time of Advent leading up to Christmas Day? Such an important day in our lives. And I began to look at this picture. I found it online. I know you're a great one for going online and looking at things, and I am as well, and I expect many other people are. And I came across this, and I just looked at it and went, oh, isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? I bet you're thinking, was that Chris when he was little? Well, I can tell you now I didn't look anywhere near as angelic as that, or as peaceful as that normally, so I'm told. But how many of you would like to be as peaceful as this little baby over the Christmas period? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Just to feel that peace. But then I began to wonder what is going on in the minds of some people. And I started to think about many of you. What might be going on in your minds at this moment in time? Well, of course, I don't really know. But there'll be a lot of people who would rather just be like this child, peaceful over Christmas, let it all just sort of flow along, you know, and everything's relaxed and cool. There's a gentleness about it. But some people, of course, are thinking of other things, like I've said already. They may be thinking of presents. And I came across this, and I wonder if you can identify with it. Let's have a look at it. Dear Santa, that letter that we encourage little children to write out, maybe we write it out, but we write it out mentally in our heads. So is this you? Dear Santa, I've been good all year. Richard, you give me a look there. Yeah, you give me that look. I've been good all year. Well, most of the time. Yeah, do you identify with that? Most of the time. Oh, well, maybe only once in a while. So, the result is this, never mind, I'll buy my own stuff. (laughs) And I thought about that, I thought, really, if that was the case, I think most of us would be buying our own stuff, wouldn't we? Because we're not good all the time, as much as we want to. And then, of course, I began to think about where the pressure of Christmas really lies. And all I remembered at first was my mum and my grandmother uh, at Christmas time, And for a few weeks leading up to Christmas, and on Christmas Day itself, and Boxing Day, and New Year's Day, they were rushing around. It seemed that back in the 50s, everything fell on the shoulders of the women in the house. I can't really remember what my granddad and my dad did, apart from sit around and have a beer and watch the telly. You know, but it seemed to fall on them. And I wondered how many ladies, are feeling that pressure or do feel that pressure over Christmas. And actually, by the time they get to Christmas Day, all they want to be is a little bit like this. Is it over yet? Is it over yet? I don't know. Well, what I do know is this. The big day... God, that's echoey, isn't it? The big day is coming up. It's not far away. And we can be thinking about this wonderful Christmas tree, and thank you again for those who put it up. It is so beautiful. Yeah, it's wonderful. We could be thinking about trees, we could be thinking about those presents, we could be thinking about parties. When I looked at the diary uh, of events that was in the the December news sheet, it's the longest list I've ever seen of things going on. I'm coming to your concert, by the way, Richard. Yeah, I've got it in the diary and a few other things. And I started to put things in and I thought, wow, this is gonna be a great Christmas. We're going to this, we're going to that. And to top it all on January the 2nd, oh yes I am, I'm going to the pantomime. Yeah, not this place, you know, her pantomime at the Theatre Royal. There's so much going on. And of course, within that, how little is thought of Jesus by so many people in the world? Just a baby who happens to be hidden somewhere in a Christmas card. Or well, maybe it'll get mentioned, this child will get mentioned if you go to a carol service. The world today in many places has just forgotten about Jesus altogether, forgotten about the babe in the manger, in the stable. But what perturbed me even more is how many people have forgotten about one of the most important people in this story, and that's Mary. And what worries me is because I know that there are various um, denominations who escalate, if you like, or put Mary in a place that you or I might not agree with. But regardless of what we agree with, there's one thing I do know. She was the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And she deserves honor and praise. And we need to remember her and think about her. Not just because she was Mary, but because she was this young girl in such a position, wasn't she? Such a position. So what I want to do is think about the mum-to-be. Think about the mum-to-be for a moment. Yeah, somebody agrees with me anyway. That's very good. How did Mary feel at this time? How did she feel? Now, I thought about that for a moment and I started to write one or two things down and then I thought, how unqualified am I to talk about how Mary would have felt? I've never been in that position. Never been pregnant, though I look like it sometimes. Never been pregnant. Ever been in that position that she was in of, well, what, how did she feel? So I spoke to a number of mums about what it was like. How did you feel when you first found out you were expecting, and then after that time as well? And I got quite a lot of feedback, but I highlighted one or two of the more interesting things to share with you. And I have a feeling that Mary, being the human young woman that she was, would have been feeling some of these things. First, surprise. Definitely for her. Now you might think, hold on a minute. If there's a mum today and she's expecting the first time, is she surprised? Well, I know some mums have been. They haven't been surprised by it. But Mary must have been so shocked by what happened. The, the passage we read, and thank you for reading that, it was read so well, illustrates some of that. There was this angel appearing to her. That must have been a surprise. How many people here have seen an angel just suddenly appear and start talking to you? There's no hands going up. I know somebody in the congregation, in our fellowship who has seen angels in this place. And that's Nikki. And she told me the story about it. And it wired me. If you want to know more, just ask her. She saw angels in this building. Isn't that incredible? But I can't say I have not knowingly seen angels. And so she must have been so surprised... And not just surprised by the sight of the angel, but the fact that the things that the angel was saying as well. It must have been a shock to her. And then beyond that, well, what was she feeling? Things have gone wrong. There it comes. Yeah? What else was she feeling? Well, I think very vulnerable. She was a young woman. And there she was in the presence of this angel being told what was going to happen, that she was going to have a son, going to call him Jesus, and he'd be known as the Son of God. And I don't know about you, even as a man in that situation, I would have felt vulnerable. It made me think back to Moses, in a sense, when Moses uh, encountered the burning bush, and he was first told by God of the calling on his life at that time, how he didn't want to do it, didn't want to have anything to do with it, wasn't equipped for it. I can imagine he must have felt vulnerable. And other people as well in the scriptures felt vulnerable. But I really do believe, of all the people in the Bible who have had a um, God, lay something on their lives like this. Mary must have felt the most. Must have felt the most vulnerable. Can you imagine it? Surprised and vulnerable as well. And where from there? Anxious. What 's going to happen over the next few months? How's this all going to pan out? Oh, what am I going to tell my mum and dad? What am I going to tell Joseph? How are they going to receive? What about the rest of the village? What about the people down at the synagogue? How are they going to receive me? We do know from history that in these situations, very often, if not normally, these women, young women have been driven out of the village and stoned. So no compassion or understanding whatsoever. Cast aside by their own family and loved ones. So if you wouldn't feel anxious in that situation, well, I certainly would do. She was feeling anxious. And finally, well, worried. How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to deal with it? But in saying that, babies have a remarkable impact on people, don't they? It was wonderful to see Alex come to the front last week with her new little daughter, Miriam, isn't it, Teresa? Miriam? And I had a chance to have a little look at her when she was sitting up the back. Dear little thing, so tiny, Exquisite. And she was going to be responsible for a baby at such a young age. But how was she feeling? Well, I know when we were thinking, when we had first uh, had our uh, first child, if you like, and thereafter as well. one of the great things that filled us with was hope, hope for the future. And I think she was hopeful. This was all going to go right. After all, the the hand of God was on her. That's enough to give you hope, isn't it? Hopeful that this would all turn out all right. How? I don't know. It's a mystery. And that indeed is one of the key words in the workings of God very often. It is a mystery. But she was hopeful. I would think she was excited. After she got over the initial shock, I'm going to have a baby. You know, this is going to be so cool. Maybe that's an exaggeration. But I think there was excitement. And of course, after a time when she eventually did have to tell her parents, as she would have done and indeed, other people in the village, and then Joseph, who she thought was probably going to reject her, didn't reject her because God had spoken to him as well. Maybe the excitement was even more so. So I think she was excited. But what else? I find it hard to see that screen, so I have to turn around. Happy, yeah, very happy. I can remember when our first child was born, Holly, uh, we were in the hospital up the Norfolk and Norwich, And we'd been up there all day long, and I was so happy. I mean, I was just beyond myself. I didn't have a car back then, and my family and relatives lived all around the city. I spent the rest of the evening from about 9 o'clock walking around the city, going around telling him. I finally got to one of my mates' house about half past 11, knocked on the door, and he was to bed. And he came downstairs, and I said, you never guess what's happened. He said, yeah, you just woke me up. And I said, no, 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 we've had the baby, we had the baby. He said, well, I'm very pleased for you. Go home, go to bed. And that was the end of that conversation. But I was so happy, I just had to tell everybody. And I think probably inside, she was feeling very proud, yet humble. God has chosen me. The way we should feel, really, God has chosen each one of us. And we should be proud of that fact, that we're part of... This fellowship, this family, we're God's children, we have great worth in in, in God's plan for this world, but remain humble. And everything we see about Mary, subsequently, she was humble. But I think, probably, she was thinking this, oh no, I am not ready for this, no matter what, I'm not ready for it. This calling on my life is just too much. Regardless of how I'm feeling, it's too much. And think about some of the questions that were coming in there. You know, this one here about, you know, what sort of mama will I be? And how do I want it to be? How do I want to, to parent this child? And we think beyond that, I'm just going to be a boy. What would I like to be, bring up a lad? What will he look like? What will he grow up like or to be? Will I cope? And this is the one... That came out of the blue to me from speaking to some of the young women in our church. Will there be anyone there to help me when this happens? We know what happened after that. She went down to Bethlehem. The baby was born. Seems like she hung around there for a little while with Joseph. And then they had to go down to Egypt, where I suspect they knew nobody. So far away from her parents, any friends that she might have, had nobody apart from Joseph. But the Lord's hand was on her. I sometimes worry, in in, in the, not this fellowship, but generally, about mums. You know, I've got three daughters, and I've watched them have their children—not literally watched them—but um, you know, we've seen them have their children. And uh, what's really often surprised me is the struggle after the children are born. You know, a little bit of depression, maybe, getting things done, coping with everyday life. I like to think we've been there for them. But here in the church, we have that responsibility as well, I feel. This has made me think about this a great deal. Are we doing enough for the young mums in our church? Were they feeling like Mary? Are they still feeling a bit like Mary? Are we doing enough? That's for another time. Certainly, this is where Mary was at, I believe, the questions. And from that, so what? Well, after I started to ponder this for a while, I started to think a bit more about it. And as always, it's, so what does this mean to me? What does it mean to you? And I struggled. I couldn't make sense of it. I was wandering around during the week. I came to a conclusion, and I thought, no, that's not what you're saying to me, God. What is it? What are you actually saying to me? And it turned out to be this. How am I and how are you feeling about an approaching Christmas this year? How are you feeling about it? The same old way you always feel about it, or differently? Because one of the things about Christmas this is a funny thing, really. Maybe it's true of any special occasion, but the world doesn't stop, does it? The world doesn't stop. Here we are, it's Advent Sunday morning, and it's great to be here, and we've had a wonderful service, and we've got so much to look forward to, as I've said already, with your families, your friends, all the things that are going to go on over Christmas, the things in our church diary, the fellowship we're going to have. It's such an exciting time. But here's the reality of it. The worries that we have, the fears that we have on an everyday basis do not disappear just because it's Christmas, do they? if you have loved ones who are unwell, if you're struggling at work, if you've got family issues, finances are tight, those problems don't go away simply because it's Christmas. Yet somehow or the other, we come through it. We try, we do our very best. We do our very best. But you know the thing about it is through all the struggles that we have day by day, that we carry with us through Christmas, Christmas is one of those times when as Christians we have a wonderful opportunity to witness for the love of God and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's so important that we do so. And as I began to think about it, might we be feeling like Mary might have felt? This Christmas, are we feeling these things? I don't know, I don't know what's going on in your lives and your minds. I know last Christmas, Teresa was really ill, just come out of hospital after five weeks. I was just finishing my cancer treatment, and many of these things were certainly going on in my life. But God brought me through. God brought me through. And the friendship and the love of the people in this fellowship and my family outside and I deliberately put them in that order, not because I denigrate my family, but because I don't believe sometimes you realize how important you are when it comes to supporting each other. What a difference you make. And if you can make that much difference in my life and the life of others, by the fellowship and the love that you show, at Christmas time, when we should be so full of the Christmas spirit, what impact we can have on the world outside if we just let it happen. If we just take what we experience in here out there. And if we aren't feeling those things it may well be that others out there in the world are. And our ear and our voice might be just the ear they need and the voice they need to hear this Christmas. And what do we have to give them as a gift? Jesus, Jesus. That same gift that God gave us that has transformed, I hope, our lives. That's what we have. You don't have to write to Santa for any gifts. We've got the gift, as they say, that keeps giving. And not only does it keep giving to us, we are encouraged through the Great Commission to keep giving it to other people. So, yes, some of us may be feeling these things, but what I hope is we're also feeling these things this Christmas. Just like Mary might have been feeling. Hopeful, excited, happy, proud to be doing the work of Jesus Christ. Proud to be representing this church as we go out amongst people. Proud to be Christians. To call the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior, our brother. As he walks this day with us. Isn't that wonderful? I hope you really are proud to be a Christian. Yet humble. Yet humble. We have so much to offer, the people of this world. We've lit the candles that's still going. It is the first light of this Advent season. There will be people out there in the world this Christmas where there will be no light. The world will still feel a dark place. And they don't know where to go. They don't know who to talk to. And they don't really know what it is they need. But something's missing. And we know what that something is. And that's not arrogant. That's the truth. That's the truth. So I hope this Christmas... My big hope is that where there are these worries, there's anxiousness and so on in our lives, they're going to be there. I can't promise you they'll all go away because it's Christmas. They will be there. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the strength that we get from our Lord Jesus Christ, that we will overcome these things. And that what we will really embrace at this time is happiness. And the fact that we are hopeful. The fact that we're proud to be Christians and that we've got so much to share and we're going to do it. Not just form a holy huddle and have a lovely carol service together. We're going to get out there and reach the world. I came across this and this is where I'm going to conclude. Not too bad for time, Mark. Not too bad for time. Philippians, my absolute favorite book in the Bible. Paul and I have some difficulties. Oh, no, that's true of a number of people. I read some of the things Paul said, and I think, hmm, not sure about you, mate. But at the end of the day, Philippians is my absolute favorite book. And this is probably one of my favorite verses. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, because the Lord is near. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving... Present your request to God and the peace of God. We talk so much about the peace at Christmas time, but the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Isn't that a wonderful verse? Isn't that a wonderful truth that we have as part of our lives? So, what's my wish for you at Christmas? Well, it's this. Food for thought. Here we go. The click is playing me up as usual. Oh, Mark, save me. Here we go. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Let's not get carried away with the world and that silliness that goes on. Yeah, let's 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 get some lovely presents for our family and friends and stuff. Let's have some parties at Christmas time, but let's not get wrapped up in the stupidness that goes on. Let's rejoice because we have Jesus Christ. And when I looked at that verse, let our gentleness be evident to all. And I'm going to just say one thing that came to me this morning: wrapped up with the gentleness is kindness. It's my word of the year, kindness through the gentleness that we give to people, that we show to people as children of God, let's be kind as well and rejoice in our heritage. Rejoice in Jesus Christ. Rejoice in the birth. And above all, rejoice in the resurrection. Let's do that. I think it requires the best of our attention, don't you? Not just this Christmas, but thereafter as well. Think about it. Are you going to rejoice this Christmas for the right reasons? Are you going to take on the mantle of Jesus and be gentle and kind? Show people the love of Jesus this Christmas. Whether you're feeling anxious, worried, whether you've got difficulties, to rise above it. To rise above it. And we can do that. And show people what it is to know Jesus. Jesus. And maybe we can just play a small part in taking away that worry, that anxiousness that they might be feeling, that vulnerability as we bring something of Jesus to them. Amen.